Hello. Hi. Heather, we got it. It only took us 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, everyone. Um, if you can't tell, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're here. So that's all that matters. Um, and you are listening to Peace of Peace podcast, an interview series that allows others to share their stories with others. I'm Alexa, the interviewer and the founder of Peace of Peace. I'm here with Heather. Hey, girl. Um, Heather is 39. She's engaged. She's never been married before. She has a stepdaughter. Um, She's super cool. I love Heather to death. She's so down to earth. She's always there to inspire me and be there for me. She's freaking awesome. She's my BFF's older sister. Um, Anything else? You want to add to that, Heather? You want the people to know? Um, I don't know. I've always been the kind of person who hates it when girls are down on themselves. So just no matter what I've been, no matter where I've been in my life, if you're a girl and I'm around you and you say something bad about yourself, I'm probably going to yell at you. <laughs> Attest to that because I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I've been that person, and you were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, nope." <laughs> you don't, I don't. I don't have to know you. Just don't, don't do it. <laughs> um, before we jump into the questions, I just have to do a quick release. Um, I want to make sure that I have your permission to share this recording. Um, everything that you say, your name, um, any, really anything that is talked about, um, that you understand that I will share it. It may go out through the whole world. It may not. Who knows? And um, I'm the owner of this content. Is that okay? Absolutely. Sweet. Okay, girlfriend, let's jump into this. Um, where um, did your definition of beauty come from? And also, like, what is your definition of beauty? Well, so I think beauty is this super subjective thing that doesn't really have an easy way to define it because... I mean, even if you don't talk about beauty from person to person, how it changes, if you think about historically, the the way beauty has changed throughout history, what's been considered beautiful, when, by whom, for what reasons, it's so weird and subjective. And and I mean, and people have done insanely ridiculous things to adapt to someone else's idea of what beauty is throughout history. And I I think I was pretty lucky in that I learned in my 20s, which is fairly young for a female in this day and age to learn. I learned in my 20s that beauty is really more important as an idea than a physical quantifiable thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I really learned that because I happened to have an incredibly gorgeous little sister who just really is has always been stunningly outwardly beautiful. I've never met a person who didn't see her and go, holy crap, she's really pretty. Mm-hmm. And she, I had always assumed that really pretty cheerleaders were annoying and superficial and obnoxious. <laughs> I, just because I wasn't and they weren't mm-hmm. I wasn't friends with them. And right. so when I, when she was a teenager and she was just the kindest most good-hearted open-hearted human being on the face of the planet and everyone loved her she was friends with everyone Mm -hmm. and I realized that she was pretty on the outside but that that's not any way or shape or form what made her beautiful she was always in 
inner beauty just it just lives inside of her and that's where I finally understood what beauty was where it comes from I love how the people we love teach us stuff and we don't even I I don't know I just feel like I learn stuff from people I love so much and I wasn't even thinking about that or even realized I thought um something different until they yeah it's crazy like um, Do you know that you are the reason I started wearing eyeshadow that wasn't brown? Really? I'm sure you don't know that, but there was a no. picture of you from like a homecoming and like your sophomore or junior year and your oh, eyeshadow was amazing. And I went out and bought green eyeshadow the next day. Girl, that's awesome. I did and not like, know that. You learn things from people every second that you never think you're, you don't realize that you're influencing someone around you everything you do and say can have an influence. Everything, every stupid decision, every great decision, every little tiny minuscule thing can have an influence on the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love the people we love teach us things and they break down stereotypes or they break down um, beliefs. Like you said, we don't even really know we had. I love that. I love that you touched on that. And two, something else I thought of, like, historically, I never thought about how beauty has changed through history. Oh, here's one of my favorite things about beauty changing through history. I tell people this all the time. So do you know who Botticelli is? No, but tell me all about it. Botticelli was an artist. I'm sure you've seen many things that he's done. But one of the things about Botticelli's, the female figure in Botticelli paintings, was that she was always very robust, round, um, curved, lots of curves, um, thick thighs, thick stomachs, it, it, large arms, fleshy is what a lot of people would call them. Rubenesque is another word that is used to describe that kind of art. And it it's funny that that was a standard of beauty for literally hundreds of years. And the reason why, and I think this is so funny, I mean, not funny, but <laughs> I know what you mean, <laughs> is because If you were large enough to be fat, that meant you were rich, which meant you were beautiful. Hmm. Because only people who could afford to buy enough food to be large, the only people who could do that were rich people. And who 99 times out of 100 sets the standards for what's pretty? People with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Really, like people with a lot of money, they really control everything, which is unfortunate. Like money talks and changes. Yeah, it's weird. So, like, it, it always strikes me as funny as what's beautiful is what's expensive. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So in history, beauty has always changed because it's it's what it's who's in charge right now, who has the most influence, and what did they say is beautiful? Okay, so that's what society thinks is beautiful right now. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And it's making sense like as you're talking. I'm thinking about the way people are distorting their bodies now through like surgeries and stuff, which whatever do you make yourself happy. They've but been like, doing it for thousands of years. Yeah. It's always been happening. Women in and Asia just... used to wrap their feet because tiny feet were considered beautiful. Um, the neck rings in certain African tribes to elongate women's necks because a, a long neck was considered graceful. And that was a, a sought after commodity on a wife, things like that. Like, and I mean, not only women, men have done things to alter their appearances throughout history as well. Um, oh God, the, the horribly crippling high heels a lot of men wore in order to appear tall in Victorian England. That one cracks me up. 
um, because a woman wouldn't would not dance with a man shorter than her. Wow, I did not know these things. Just, I I love history. History has always been one of the things that I was most interested in, specifically the material parts of history. People don't think about what people wore and why. Um, the reasonings behind corsets are fascinating. Those kinds of things have always interested me, so I study them. That's like the only thing I really am aware of in history is the corsets and like that saint bed or what, what was it called? Like a, um, those little like sofas they would have. Oh, thank the fainting couch. Yes. The fainting couch. It's the only thing I really knew about. Yes. Um, but you're naming, you're rattling things off that I never even thought of. And it's crazy. Yeah. That... There's, I could do an entire podcast just on historical beauty torture devices. <laughs> it's crazy. And like, Something you said too, like rich equals beautiful. Right. Because influence thought, and influence always is what's mm-hmm. most important. Yeah. And I think our influence a lot lately, like it's, I have a lot of people talk about um, skinny equals beautiful. Right. So I'm like, oh, like the, skinny is the influence right now. Or I guess it's even like. It, that's not even. That's still rich because it, here's the reason. Mm-hmm. So. If you go to the grocery store here in southwestern Pennsylvania where we live and Mm -hmm. you buy the best foods available to you, they are still not to the quality of places in richer neighborhoods and richer communities because we don't have those stores here. Right. Because we don't have that money here. Those kinds of places with better quality ingredients and better quality foods only go into places with people with more money, people who can afford to buy those foods. So it, it, it trickles all the way down the better gyms with personal trainers. How many personal trainers are there in Uniontown? Like 20. How many are there in right. New York? Like 600,000. Right. Like, wow. I love it, this. It, I love it, this conversation. All the way through everything you do, like, and even if you go to the grocery store and you realize if you're poor, it's really hard to be skinny because fat-free food is twice as expensive as regular. Yes. So it is. the reason skinny equals beautiful is because skinny equals rich. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's a whole new layer I need to look into. Because yeah, it's one of those things that you learn to unpack when you start to try and figure out why you're fat. No matter what you do, you can't get skinny. And it's, I love because it's like a deeper layer yeah. that I haven't really. And there's no, I mean, there's so many layers as to why. I mean, honestly, I'm not skinny. I've never been skinny. I have no idea what it feels like to be skinny. I remember losing a bunch of weight and dropping below 200 pounds, and I laid on the floor and cried because it was the first time I was below 200 pounds as an adult ever. And, so, and tell was, me more about that. Like, how did? Oh, uh, like, it sounds like you really remember that um, moment. It was that was a hugely long journey that started in an incredibly unhealthy way that I ended up having to take complete control of and ending a relationship and moving, quitting a job in order to get back to being healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Years ago, I dated this man that I moved all the way across the country for. Don't ever, 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 ever do that, by the way. <laughs> any female listening, any male listening, do not move across the country for someone because you think it's love. That's stupid. Don't do it. 
<laughs> Preach. I'm, I'm being dead serious. I've done it. I'm telling you from a place of experience, it was dumb. Okay. Um, but in the process of that, I had a miscarriage. And while that sounds super devastating, it has been many years. And I would like to let anyone else who's had one know that I, I feel deeply horrible for them, but it is not triggering for myself anymore. I have decided that the world wanted me to take care of everyone's kids. And that's why I don't have any of my own. So, but I had this miscarriage and I was really depressed and I was super, super, super in my own feelings. And I ate everything for mm -hmm. like a year. I ate, that's all I did because I couldn't, nothing was making me happy. So I ate. And I gained a ridiculous amount of weight and I moved back from across the country because of course that was stupid. And I broke up with that dumb guy and I was still depressed and I was still sad. So I, it didn't fix anything. I kept eating and I kept trying to fix external things and they weren't working and I kept eating and, you know, got a new boyfriend and a new job and I moved again and nothing was changing or fixing anything. And I just kept eating. And I will never forget the day that I started losing weight because it was kind of traumatic. My exes, I lived with my ex-boyfriend at the time. We were dating at the time and his father who lived in the same house as us. And mm -hmm. his father was an eccentric, interesting man. And he would watch me eat. And I don't in any way think he was trying to shame me. I just think he's extremely abnormal. Mm -hmm. Because he's, he would watch me do a lot of things, but most of those things weren't things I was already self-conscious about. But I was self-conscious yeah. about eating. So every time I would eat and he would stare at me while I was eating, it, I would notice. And it would make me increasingly nervous to eat. Mm -hmm. And I started losing weight very quickly because I just stopped eating. Mm -hmm. Whenever he was around, I just didn't eat. I didn't make food or eat when he was there because I felt watched and uncomfortable and very self-conscious about what I was putting in my mouth. And I was a waitress and I worked at a restaurant. So, and people were like, oh, so you eat at work, but it carried over. Mm. Like it started right. it's like a pattern. Not yeah. at home and th then it started being not eating at all or, okay, well just eat two French fries and you'll be fine. Or, um, you know, if you, if you just have an orange and that's, that's good for a 24 hour period, like, and, but, and never when anyone could see, and then I couldn't eat in front of anyone and it was just getting worse mm -hmm. and worse. And I was dropping weight at, at really an alarming weight. And for someone who was my size, I was over, over 300 pounds at the time, dropping a large amount of weight quickly is incredibly noticeable on someone that large. And one of my friends pulled me aside and was like, look at me. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on, but do you, she said, do you have cancer? She was like, cause you aren't just like disappearing in front of me. And I don't understand. Mm -hmm. like something's wrong yeah she was like something's really wrong with you I like I've known you for almost 20 years and there's something wrong explain to me what's going on and I was like I don't know what you're talking about I'm fine and I couldn't see it like it wasn't something I could see and finally she was like listen I'm telling you this right now as your best friend I'm telling you if you don't go talk to someone professionally mm -hmm. something's gonna happen and you're gonna get sick she was like I don't know if you're 
she's like, she was like, I don't know what's going on, but you've been here for, I was at her house visiting. She's like, you've been here for two days and you haven't eaten anything. Mm-hmm. She's like, so I want you to go see someone. So I went and I talked to someone because one thing I'm really good at is I, I don't listen to myself very well, but if someone else yells at me, I do what I'm told. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I, because I know I do it to other people and it would be pretty hypocritical of me to be the asshole who's like, no, I'm not going to follow your advice. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <clears throat> I talked to someone and I hated it. Oh my God. I've never hated anything more in my entire life than therapy. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Worst thing I've ever done. And I didn't tell anyone that I was going to therapy no one um not even my mom and I mean god bless my mom I love her dearly and she is one of the best humans on the planet but I couldn't even tell her like I didn't tell the only person who knew was the friend who said if you don't go we're not gonna be friends anymore like I'm not joking this isn't funny Mm -hmm. so I, I went for a year um and she said I don't know if you know this she was like but you you know that this is an eating disorder and I was like, what? No, I'm just depressed. Like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I, it's depression. I'm like, I already knew I had that. This is just depression. And she was like, yeah, that's what it started as. Mm-hmm. And it's into an eating disorder. And that's what I learned through my recovery is that depression, anxiety, they coincide with eating disorders. I never knew that. Right. I didn't even know what eating disorder right. was. But like, when you really start to get in the like, therapy and you're starting to talk with people you're like oh that makes sense why all that will go together because eating disorders um controlling food controlling weight it's all like a coping mechanism I mean I'm sure you know this but I didn't know that so like when people say things like oh just eat or oh just work out if you want to lose weight or um what what all the bs they say um it's just a coping mechanism it's how my issues are showing the problems way deeper yeah. like the food part is so surface yeah. level so I'm so happy everything you're saying I'm like yep and it mm-hmm, is, it's, yep, it's uh-huh. so true and so I went I went to therapy and um I refuse I absolutely refused to go to a group because I was absolutely adamant that I did not have an eating disorder that that not mm-hmm. I was, it was just depression and if we treated the depression I would be fine And, but so I decided that because I was right and this therapist was wrong, even though she had years of training and I had none, um, I decided that the the best thing to do would be to take control of my weight loss. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't controlling what I was doing instead of, instead of just letting it, my brain do what it wanted, then I was obviously that was not an eating disorder. I was fine. So I, and I did go into a much healthier way of doing it. And I had people around me monitoring me because I'm not entirely stupid. And I know that I have an obsessive Mm -hmm. tendency. Um, But the biggest mistake I ever made in my whole life was buying a scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Yeah. So I bought a scale and I started eating. Um, I made sure to eat two meals a day, which I still really only eat two meals a day, but just that's just because I'm not hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I only ate, I ate two meals a day and they were full meals and I had basic food groups and all of them and there was appropriate portions and I didn't weigh anything mm-hmm. and I, but I weighed myself compulsively. Um, mm-hmm. and that started getting worse and worse. Um, and about 
five and a half months into that was when I did the, I would drop below 200 pounds and I laid on the floor and I cried because it was the first time ever I could buy clothes outside the plus size section. That's what was really mm-hmm. exciting. I could shop in the regular clothes section. I'm so excited. Because for most of my life, the plus size section was for old ladies. There were mm-hmm. not cute plus size clothes for most of my life. That is no longer the issue. But it was mm-hmm. a really, really long time. And so I was, it was just devastating for someone who wanted to be trendy to not be able to be trendy because no one made trendy clothes in my size. So I dropped below 200 pounds and I laid on the floor and I cried because I was super excited about it. And I don't even remember what the exact catalyst was, but I, I had, I had, you know, moved out of the house and broken up with my boyfriend and moved out of that house. And I moved in with my mom and my mom and I weren't getting along great because I love her dearly, but we're way too alike. So we don't live together well. I feel that. Yeah. With, yep. I feel that. <laughs> we're, we're just very much similar people and we have very stubborn, no, my way or the highway kind of mindsets. And it was, so I, I moved in with a friend for a while. Like I was going through some shit, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I moved in with a friend and I was waitressing and I really, really loved my job. I worked at, I, I'm going to shout out a restaurant here because pandemic. So I worked at Bud Murphy's. I worked there for five years. Great place. Go spend your money there. Tip the waitresses. Woo-hoo! Um, so I worked there and a girl I worked with was just the sweetest human being on the face of the planet. And I love her dearly. And I would absolutely let her listen to this because she was super sweet, but not particularly great at grasping regular common sense level things. Mm -hmm. And she was drastically losing weight really quickly because of a fight she was in the middle of with her boyfriend and Mm -hmm. I got real worried one day and I started yelling at her and she turned around she was like 23 years old (laughs) and I was 35 36 and she turned around and she was like seriously you're a hypocrite and I looked at her and she was like I was I just I was I just stared at her and she was like, you cannot lecture someone about an eating disorder and someone causing pain when you are literally just constantly losing weight. And no one knows why. She's like, and I know it's not medical because you've told me a million times it's not. So, And so that's when I finally was like, okay, I think I have an eating disorder. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes like it just hits you in the face like that. Yeah stuff that hits you in the face like that and you're like oh okay because you know me you've known me for many years and I am the call out queen like I'm calling you (laughs) in a heartbeat if you're doing something stupid if you're doing something dangerous if you're just being an asshole I will absolutely call you out on it hard hardcore I don't care I'm I, I don't really care about other other people's opinions of me most of my issues are my opinions of me so that that's my problem Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've always been very much the, oh, you act stupid or you do something hypocritical or you, you know, I, I will call you out. And she did it to me. And it, it's not the first time someone ever did it to me, but it's the first time someone ever did it to me about my brain. Yeah. Like she was, she basically was just like, um, no, you're also broken and you can't tell me how to not be broken because you're broken. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. Like I did absolutely did not need to be attacked like that, but I totally needed to be attacked like that. Someone yeah. needed to do it to me for me to get it. And you're just probably like, thank God you did that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because now I could honestly, I couldn't even tell you what I weigh. I have no idea. I have, I threw my scale in the garbage. And you know what? I hate scales too. Yeah. I hate them because, I mean, at least with like my history, I can't speak for all people. And it sounds like you might agree, but like, as soon as you step on it once, you wonder for months of what it would be if you stepped on it again. I don't want to know. Like, what right. Are you- mm. I did. I did want to know. But I had to get myself to a point where I actually don't care. Right. The last time I went and to even- the doctor mm-hmm. and she weighed me, I turned my head away and she was like, do you not want to know? And I was like, it's, and she was like, we don't judge. And I was like, it's just a thing that doesn't interest me anymore. And she was like, yeah. Oh, Heather, that was something that was so triggering for me when I was pregnant. I would be like, as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, do not tell me what that, what that scale says ever. Like, don't write it down in front of me. Don't. Yeah. I bet that was bad. Oh, yeah. So, like, when you say you're not interested, I give you some real big props because, first of all, it's hard to even say you're not interested. And then it's so cool to be that self-aware. It's so awesome to be in that place where you're like, yep, I know this is going to trigger me, and I don't – that's a lot of power, so you go – Well, I mean, it's it's not true. It's I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but yeah. I've, I've learned, and part of my journey has been spiritual as well, and I'm not – I'm not religious. I've never been pretty particularly good at that anyways. Um, But I am spiritual. And part of the journey was learning that words have power. Mm -hmm. And so while deep down inside, yeah, I want to know how much I weigh. Of course I want to know. I've been fat my whole life. I absolutely need to know. But I can't like live that. I can't. Because I can't live in a world where I'm ashamed of myself every day. That's what it came down to. I was living my life ashamed of myself every day. And not because of what other people thought. Because of what I thought. Mm-hmm. We can be our biggest enemy. I was. I so was. And I just had to get to a point where it is okay to outwardly say, like, I look in the mirror regularly and go, mm, don't care. Because I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Hold on. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Because you have to, you have to, like, honestly, like, I love who I am so much. I, that, and that took a long time. Mm-hmm. You fight to become that person. And I love you. who I am mm-hmm. so much. I am this really strange mix of every person that's ever been in my life. And it's so unique and me and weird and just weird because I'm weird. And, but I love it. Like, I embrace me the too. shit out of my weird. Like, if you walk into my house right now, people probably think I'm absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> I'm psychotic about Christmas. I don't know if Allie ever told you how psycho I am about Christmas. Oh, no. I'm, yeah, I Like, know. nuts. 
You told um, me a little ornament too. Yeah, I remember. I'm, I'm fucking nuts. And like every surface in my house gets decorated. Like it's it's just insane. But I'm sitting in my living room right now talking to you, and it's so relaxing because it's so unabashedly me. <laughs> yes, I love it. And you know what? Our body can never summarize. No. And never. Never, ever, ever. That's why I'm like, you said you don't care. Like, oh, don't care. Yeah, because it can never (laughs) amount to who we really are. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I I wear makeup. I do my hair. I, you know, I love makeup. I have a subscription to makeup. I I love doing it because it's like art and it's so cool. And I, I love nice clothes and I put my shoes, my feet in terrible heels because I like the way it makes my calves look. And it's not <laughs> saying that I'm not, there aren't things I'm, I still do that people would consider superficial and that I just don't give a shit about the way I look. Cause that would be a lie. I do absolutely genuinely care about the way I look, but what I say, what I mean when I look in the mirror is like, I'm not 25, I'm almost 40. And so there are things about my face that have changed and things that are, but I look at myself now and I look at myself in my twenties when, when I thought I was beautiful and I think I'm so much more beautiful now because I'm so much more honestly me. Mm-hmm. Like my pic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I post pictures with filters on them too, because that's fun. Yeah. It's fun and it's okay. Like, yeah, I never want, the talks I have to sound like, oh, don't do this because that means you don't love yourself. No, no girl, you love yourself however you want to love yourself. You do what you want. I'm here to clap yeah. for you. But yes. I just I think that people need to understand, like, and one of the things that people don't get, especially young females, because this one this one's hard. And I try to I, I've tried to mentor every young female in my life to understand this since the moment I figured it out because it's a hard one to grasp to understand that literally nothing on this whole planet is more appealing to anyone else, more attractive to anyone else than confidence. Nothing. Yep. It radiates. It truly does. When someone's confident or when someone's doing something they're passionate about, they're usually confident while they're doing it and it, they glow. Uh, because w- with confidence comes true emotion and emotion is really what humans respond to. Mm-hmm. It's, yes, we see outward beauty, but I mean, and you think, think about all those people who someone will be like, Oh my God, how did she end up with him? Or how did that guy mm-hmm. get that girl? Because it's not about outward anything. It's about your soul and who you are as a human. Yep. 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 You're right. It is. That's what it's all about. And that that's where beauty becomes this. Like I said, it's not. How do you define that? How? Right. It's. You, yeah. Speechless. Can't. Yeah. It's too beautiful and, to define. <laughs> um, something else I wanted to highlight too, as you were um, telling us about your self love journey and the things that you've been through, is how we can't always 
see the patterns we're developing, but then the people around us call us out on it. And it's so important to have people around you that support. It helps you get past those bad patterns. It helps you identify those bad patterns. So it's really important to have a good group around you um, that supports you through that. Yeah. And, and also one of the thing is if that's who, if you are one of the people supporting someone going through the kind of journey, any kind of recovery journey, really, you got to remember to learn because you've got to learn too. Um, there's certain mm-hmm. things that you've got to learn not to do and not to say. Like, I hate when people ask me, did you eat? Oh, yeah. Don't ask me, did I eat? Ask me if I'm hungry. You can absolutely ask me if I'm hungry. That's not the same question. Yeah. Did you eat sounds combative or like you're accusing me of something? Yeah. It's like you already you already know the answer or you right. already think you know the answer. So you're asking me thinking right. I'm so going to say no. I hate that yeah. question. I hate it. But if you, if I like, and so people have learned not to ask me that question. Like my fiance doesn't ask me that anymore. He asks, are you hungry? Most of the time I say, yeah, cause I'm always hungry. I like food. Um, food's delicious. Just saying. Yeah, it is good. And it should be enjoyed. <laughs> like food is really good. It should be enjoyed. I agree with that. And it bonds people. Like there's a lot of positives with food. Yes. And there's a lot of negative. I want, there's there can be negatives, but there is also a lot of positives. And it's just like learning to like figure that out for what that looks like for yourself. Right. And yeah, and it's not easy. Learning, at all. Like one of my biggest issues is I have OCD. That's actually what most of my anxiety and depression and all of it stems from this one fun disorder that makes me obsess about things for no reason and have compulsive compulsions that not everyone deals with but I control that with medication and it, it getting the mental health help that I needed changed my life it- mm-hmm. and you know what a lot of people And okay, so if you're a support system and you're supporting someone through their journey and you're there for them, um, you cannot offer the same amount of care and help and support as a mental health professional. And even if you have a mental health professional as your friend, that's not their job to counsel you. That's like a a very strong boundary. So hard. So, yes. And it's when you acknowledge there's something going on, which is so hard one it's so hard to even acknowledge like okay this is a problem because there's a lot of stigma with that then you go and like sometimes you don't get a good therapist sometimes you do it just that's a gambling game and then you have like your family and your friends are trying to support you and they're going to say jacked up stuff and then you go to counseling and talk yep. about it or you like can talk to somebody else that gets it but it's like it's so helpful it is yourself to just really get that in check Yeah, it's and it's it's really important. And I mean, I don't know. I think that people should have mental health physicals as often as they have physical health physicals. Honestly, I don't know why we don't go get like an annual checkup for mental health as part of like life. 
Yes, I think it should be mandatory. I'm crazy. Every, it's mandatory. I think you, everyone should talk to a but, counselor. Like, you know, I you start sending I kids think, to see yeah. doctors for their annual physical at like five. And before that, they go like every three mm-hmm. months. Where yeah. is the mental like, health, like, preventive care? Yes, we need it. We need it. We need that. Um, yeah, I can't agree more. But there's been such Heather, a stigma on we... mental health for so long that you go see a therapist and everyone thinks you're crazy. I went to a therapist for a year and didn't tell a single soul. Yeah, and that's what I, I wanted to um, touch back to. Like, we talked about before, like, in the beginning of our, our interview, um, how you didn't tell anyone. And sometimes when we do tell people, if we are that brave to tell people, they make us feel bad and then we stop going. Yep. So I don't blame you at all for not. Like, I always say I lay my business out on French Street. I'll be like, yep. I go to counseling. This is what we talk about. Like, I lay it out. See, I'm the opposite. My -hmm. personal business tends to stay real close to the chest. Like, even some of my best friends will be like, I don't really know everything about her because she doesn't tell you everything. And it's not, it's not, that's just a self-protection thing. Yes. I couldn't agree Like, I'm willing to share information, but I never share all of the information with everyone. Yeah, and you know what? I um I'm work that's what my current goal is to work on a balance better that way because um me and actually Allie and Rachel were just talking about this, like we'll share but we don't want to burden others too much and like we are kinda ashamed so we don't say everything. Yep. And um like I like I get why we don't share so much. Like I, I get that because you wanna like protect yourself from yourself it's not really other people judging you it's really yourself exactly but um I also love that I could just say it and but then after I talk about it sometimes you don't feel better I don't know they always say like if you talk about something that's negative too much it makes it worse so that's my that's well my new thing is to work on well that's another thing like I believe in manifesting things by saying them I try not to speak too many things out loud if I don't want them to happen so if I'm having some certain things, I like to keep to myself. Like I'll talk to a therapist if it's absolutely necessary. I abs- I know it's terrible, but I hate therapy because I really hate talking my mental health things out loud just because I don't like speaking mm-hmm. things into existence. Yeah, it's hard. I'm terrified that like some, cause sometimes I have horrible thoughts and I'm terrified if I say them out loud, they'll come true. Yeah, because words are powerful. Like you said before, they are powerful. So it's like it's a balance of what do I share and what do I say. Okay, well, and then I had this horrible thought, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but suffice it to say I worked through it already. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. And you know what? We'll get it, this balance that we have. You're awesome. I feel like as we were talking, your reflection, you're in such a better place Oh, God. You sound so happy. Yeah. Like you've, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love that I have you in my life and um, we're getting close to time. Is there anything else you want to mic drop to the people or anything else you wanted to say? Well, really the most important thing I can think of to say to any human on the planet is it's really, really, really important to think about the fact 
that it costs absolutely nothing to be kind. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. We lack so much kindness in this world and it would solve so many problems. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Well, that is a great thing to leave off on. Um, People be kind to each other. Um, Thank you for being so kind to listening to this episode with Heather and I. Heather, I loved talking with you. This is awesome. Um, Again, you're listening with Peace with Peace. Peace as in like a slice of something. Peace as in peace, love, and happiness. So peace with peace. You can follow on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to share your story and inspire others, hit me up. Message me on Facebook. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.